today. Very good, very good. I don't know about you, but spring is in the air. Uh, it has been gorgeous yesterday morning. I know while we were waking up, we heard the thunderstorms uh, in the night and all the rain and everything coming in. It was just great to hear the sounds of spring and enjoy the sounds and the warmth of spring later in the afternoon. And I hope that you are too. Um, as we get ready to start today, if you have your Bible, I want to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel, Samuel chapter 17. Uh, for those who don't know me, um, my name is Orlando. Uh, I have served as an elder here, served on the coffee team, celebrate recovery, um, pretty much anywhere where um, we've had the opportunity to and time allows. Um, and it is great to be able to stand up here today and share God's word uh, with each of you. This message, uh, if I had to give it a title, I would call it Facing the Giants. Um, has anybody here ever had a giant in your life that you had to face? Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about me. I'm, I'm talking about something else, okay? Pretend I'm not here today, all right? In, in, metaphorically, not a literal giant. Anybody had something you've had to face in your life? I, I know we have. Uh, I have. We all have if we are honest with ourselves. Uh, sometimes there are obstacles that come into our lives that seem insurmountable. And when those obstacles confront us, we stand there and we're like, what do we do now? There's no way that I could possibly defeat this. Maybe it's health or a financial crisis. Maybe it's a broken relationship or a difficult job situation. We all face different types of giants at some point in our life. Uh, as I was preparing for this message, and I've used this example with uh, my students earlier this year, um, there was a young man, I say young man, he's uh, in his 30s now, but uh, Nick, and I hope I'm saying his last name right, Vujicic. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? This is a gentleman. Uh, he was born with no arms and no legs. Right? Does, does that help everybody understand who I'm talking about now? Imagine being his parents, giving birth to this young baby, and when the doctors hand your little child to you, they say he's perfect in every way. We start going, what about fingers and toes? And they're like, we don't have arms or legs. So we can't count fingers or toes. Immediately as a parent, our mind would be like, oh my word, what is my child going to encounter? How is he going to live in this world where you need arms and legs and fingers and toes? And then imagine seeing your child grow up. And the challenges that he would face without having arms and legs and fingers and toes. How do you hold a bottle, a sippy cup? How do you get those peas on a spoon for the first time and Try to get them into your mouth. What about as a young boy learning how to skateboard or go to the swimming pool and swim with your friends? What do you do? What do you do when you go to school and you're a young teenage boy coming into adolescence teenage, uh, and going through uh, becoming a teenager? We all know middle school, middle school teachers, right? I know there's some in here. Middle school is not always the most friendliest place, but imagine being a young teenage boy in middle school and fighting what you're hearing your friends say about you because you don't look like they do. Well, 
Nick felt like at one point he had no purpose and actually attempted to take his life. And he was introduced to God. Uh, and because of that introduction to God and his relationship with Jesus Christ, he has been able to become a motivational speaker, sharing a message of love and hope to millions of people across the world. He faced what to me would seem like insurmountable, not just a giant, but multiple giants in his life. And rather than saying, there's no way I could possibly do this, there's no way I could skateboard, he went out and learned how to skateboard. Instead of sitting there saying, there's no way I could possibly ever learn how to swim in a swimming pool or a lake or a pond, he went out and learned how to swim. And he continued to overcome obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, not on his own power, but with God's power. And today he's out there sharing that story of hope. Nick's story is a powerful reminder that like David in the scripture we're getting ready to read, we can face our giants and overcome them with God's help no matter how big they may seem. So if you will, look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to read the whole chapter here. We've all heard or read the story of David and Goliath before, but I want us to read it again and make sure that we're understanding what is happening here. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Succah, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Succah and Azekah. In Ephes Damon, and Saul the men of, and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up a line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with valleys between them. So here we are real quick painting this picture. We've got the Philistines on one side. We've got the nation of Israel on the other side on these mountains and this huge valley in between as they get ready to go to war. The Philistines wanted to fight. It says, and there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Not just a soldier, not just a normal person, but a giant who was a champion. Six cubits and a span put him somewhere over nine feet tall. He was a big guy. That's about where I am standing up here on this podium. Nine feet tall. He had a helmet of bronze on his head. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, his height was six cubits in his span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. About 300 pounds is what this chain mail that he had on weighed. He had... Bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron or a little over three pounds. And his shield bearer went before him. So here's this big, massive guy, all kinds of armor on him, heavy weaponry and artillery that he has there with him. So he's also got a sword here and out in front of him is somebody with a shield to protect him. This giant was ready to take on anybody and anything that came his way. 
he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to, down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Goliath's challenge was simple. Come and fight. Just me and you. I'm your giant today. And if I win, you serve us. If you win, we serve you. It's that simple. We're going to see that he did this day in and day out, taunting the nation of Israel, hoping that somebody would be brave enough to come out and take on this champion, somebody who had won many battles before, so that they could be defeated, hopefully, once again. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul, who was king at that time, and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Saul and the nation of Israel knew what they were up against. A giant like they had never seen before. A battle that they weren't sure that they were going to win. What was going to happen? Now David was the son of an Ether, I'm sorry, Etherthite of Bethlehem in Judah named Jesse, who had eight sons. In the days of Saul, the man was already old and advanced in years, talking about Jesse. The three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to, bat, to the battle. And the names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and next to him, Abinadab, Abinadab and the third, Shema. And David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward and took his stand morning and evening. So here are Jesse's oldest sons out here with King Saul. They're on the battlefront. And this youngest son, David, was going back and forth between the battlefield and home. Battlefield and home. He was going back, and we're going to see here in a moment, letting his dad know what was happening on the battlefield because dad was supporting King Saul and what was going on here. But this little shepherd boy, as we know, is going to end up playing a big part here. Verse 17, And Jesse said to David his son, Take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and these ten loaves and carry them quickly to the camp on, uh, to your brothers. Also take these ten cheeses to the commander of their thousands. See if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. So David was following what his father said. Take some food to your brothers. Take some food to the commanders. And he did. And when he gets out there, 
The armies are starting to line up and preparing for battle. And David sees and hears Goliath come out with his challenge, provoking the nation of Israel. I dare you to stand against me. It's kind of like some of the giants we have in our daily lives, right? I dare you to try to do something about this event or this person, this thing that you are facing in your life. Verse 24, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel and the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The people answered him in the same way, so shall it be done to the man who kills him. David said, who is this man? We're starting to catch a glimpse of David's faith here. Who is this man that he says is an uncircumcised Philistine, which means that he's not a Jew? Who does he think he is to come out here and defy God's people? We have something greater on our side, and that is God himself. Now Eliab, his elder, elder brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why have you come down? And with whom have you have left the few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as before. So one of his older brothers is looking at him and go, what are you doing here? You're too little for this. You're too young for this. You're supposed to be tending the sheep. Where are they? Do you not know how to take responsibility for your actions? And, and Dave is just like, not having any of it. All I've said is a few things. You take care of you. I'll take care of me. We're starting to see even some differences in the household of how people have different types of faith. In verse 31, when the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul and he sent for him. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant, I'm talking about himself, will go and fight with this Philistine. I'm sure there was a bunch of chuckles in the crowd. Here we have this trained army. Right? Nine foot tall Goliath and little David, the shepherd boy, whose brother's making fun of him. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I'm sure everybody was chuckling. And Saul said to David in verse 33, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. for You are but a youth. He has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. When there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. David says, 
Uh, I may be little, but let me tell you some of what I've done. I fought lions and bears just to protect my father's sheep. Not nearly as significant as what we're up against now. God's got my back in this. And I'm sure King Saul standing there is looking at this little boy going, mm-hmm, all right, the Lord be with you. Have fun, bud, right? I mean, that's what would be going through my mind. <laughs> okay, let's give this a shot and see what happens here. In verse 38, then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and he clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. So David put them off. And then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. Here King Saul is saying, I'm going to do my best to prepare you, young shepherd boy. Take my armor. I mean, here's David wearing the king's armor, his coat of mail, his helmet, his sword and everything else. And I can imagine how clunky and lopsided it must have looked on this young boy. And David's sitting there trying to find his way into this clothing and this armor. And he sits there and goes, uh, I can't do this. It's not quite fitting right. I'm sure again, all the soldiers are sitting there going, <laughs> and he thinks he's going to beat this guy. Right? Look at that giant. Look at this little boy. Who does he think he is? David takes it off, says, no, nah, I can't do this. I've not fought in this. I've not tested it. I'll just grab five stones and take my sling with me. I'm sure that brought more chuckles out of the crowd. Verse 41, and the Philistine moved forward and came to David with his shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him. Where he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in, his, in appearance. He comes out and he says, <laughs> that's who you've sent to fight against me? This cute little pretty boy? Really? That's who you're going to get to fight against me? Look at me. I'm a warrior. Do you see this scar on my face? Do you think I'm scared of this little boy? Said they're just calling him out, trying to get him to shake and tremble in fear. And I'm sure the Israelite army was behind him going, what have we done? What have we done? We did. We sent the pretty boy out here to fight the warrior. We're going to lose. Right? And Saul had kept doing this. He already had the Israelite army where he wanted them in fear. And the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said, said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord and he will give you into our hand. 
David called him out. He says, you come out here all big and bad and you have to wear armor because you're afraid of me. You've got this heavy sword. You've got your helmet. You've got your chain mail on. You've got this spear that you could throw easily, but I'm not afraid of you. You have defiled and you have spoke against my God and I'm going to stand up to you and he is going to strike you down and he's going to do it in such a way that he doesn't need your sword to do it, but you're going to die today anyway. Now, how is that for standing up on God's power? Right? Are any of us that brave to face the giants in our life and say, oh, no, 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 no. It's not happening that way today. I don't know about you, but I tend to cower. I get afraid. I get afraid. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. He didn't walk. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't shaking in his boots. He ran. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. Over. Just like that. David said, I'm not afraid. I'm going to face this giant head on because I know I've got God behind me. And he pulls that stone out and just like that, it's over. Their giant, their champion was dead on the ground, not with a sword, but a little rock. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. And David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistine as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. So that the wounded Philistines fell on the way from Sharaim and as far as Gath and Ekron. And the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their camp. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. As soon as Saul saw David go out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. And the king said, inquire whose son the boy is. And as soon as David returned from the striking down of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. This is more than just a children's story. God gives us many truths that we can stand on and hold on to when the giants in our lives present themselves ready for battle. So, the giants we face. David's giant was a Philistine giant. As I said, over nine feet tall, wearing over 260 pounds of armor. The tip of his spear weighed 3.1 pounds. He had a sword, a helmet. He had someone in front of him with a shield. Our giants, what do they look like? Our giants look like fear. This include fear of failure, rejection, change, and the unknown could be addiction to substances like drugs or alcohol or food or behavioral addictions like gambling, pornography, or social media. Could be health challenges, a myriad of physical or mental health issues that affect our lives and well-being. Maybe financial struggles, including debt, job loss, 
or the financial challenges that create stress and uncertainty in our lives and the lives of our family. Relationship issues, difficulties in our marriage, family conflicts or issues with friends or coworkers. Maybe we're having emotional struggles such as anxiety, depression, anger, or other emotional challenges. Maybe we're experiencing career challenges. We didn't get that promotion we were looking for. There's people we have to deal with at work, young people at school that are challenging to us. Grief and loss of a loved one, a significant relationship, or a dream or a goal. Maybe we're experiencing spiritual battles such as doubt about our faith, struggles with sin or challenges to our beliefs and values that we know to be true because of what God's word says. Each of the giants is calling us out to battle, prepared to defeat us, and they all look insurmountable, like we can't beat them. And they want to stop us and leave us for dead. They seem well-armored, protected, and bigger than anything we have ever seen. And yet, we all face them, no matter our background, no matter our circumstances. If you have not faced a giant, there's one waiting on the hillside across from you, calling you, taunting you to come out. But then we look at little David, the shepherd boy. The only armor he had was the king's armor that was too big. He had five stones and a sling and God. You look in verse 37, it says, And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He was not afraid because he had God on his side. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a believer in Christ, you have God on your side. There is no reason to be afraid of what might come. You see, when our fear strikes, one of our giants, when our fear strikes, faith tells us to fear not because God is with us. When our addictions rage, faith tells us that Jesus is the bread of life and all we need is him. When our health begins to fail, faith tells us we serve the great physician. When our finances become tight, faith tells us that we serve God, the God with the cattle on a thousand hills and that everything is already his anyway. When relationships struggle, faith tells us to abide in Jesus and he will abide in us. When emotions run high, faith tells us not to be anxious about anything. Rather, we should present our needs to God through prayer and petition. When we face a career challenge, Jesus says, follow me. When we grieve, Jesus cries with us. And when we face spiritual battles, faith tells us to lean not onto our own understandings, but rather to trust Jesus. In each of these situations, we are like the little shepherd boy with nothing to protect us but a sling and the power of God behind us. In the moment, they seem insurmountable. In the moment, it's the biggest thing in our life. But God has a bigger plan. What happens when we face our giants with God's power behind us? They crumble. Like a giant with a stone to his forehead, they crumble. David defeated Goliath and the Israelites, chased the Philistines across the wilderness and through towns. Nick Vujicic could have given up. Today, he is making a positive impact for the Lord, sharing his testimony, 
sharing his struggles, sharing his giants, and how God helped him overcome them. But I want you to notice something about both David and Nick. Neither of them were alone personally either. Both of them have a community. Here at Webster, we are our community. I loved what Mike, where did Mike go, said that the Webster community meetings, right? We are a community here. Both Nick and David had the support as they faced their giants. Nick had his family, his friends, and loved ones. David had the king, the army, a nation, and last but not least, God. You are not alone. As a church, we are here to support one another, to provide encouragement, armor, and guidance. We stand together. And we kneel together to fight together against the biggest giants that Satan could possibly ever put in our path. We may not always see the victory that we want on this side of eternity. But if you return all the way to the back of your Bible, I enjoy reading this part. We win. God wins. Right? There's a promise of victory when we stand with God. If you have not done so, read this and stand on that promise and know that God is there with you every step of the way. And it doesn't matter what happens here on this earth, whether you get the outcome you're looking for or not, he wins. And so do you, as long as you have Jesus in your heart. And that's the difference between David and And his giant. David had God on his side because he had a relationship with God. He knew that he could trust God for any and everything he needed. There's so many in the world today that are afraid of the things that I've mentioned. Because they don't have God on their side. Because they don't have Christ in their life. They're afraid of the health challenges of a loved one in the hospital, of a pandemic. They're afraid of the financial crisis that are standing in front of them. They're afraid of the emotional aspects, the emotional things, the anxiety, depression that are coming to them in their lives. They're afraid of things that are changing at their jobs, teachers that they may have to face, students and peers and coworkers that they may have to face because they don't have Jesus in their heart. If that's you today and you're like, Orlando, I've, facing a giant right now. I don't know how to overcome it. The biggest giant you have to overcome first is your sin. You are dying and going to hell without Jesus Christ. That is the biggest obstacle that Satan has put in front of your life, is your eternity. My challenge to you today is to trust in the Lord Say, God, I I don't know everything that the future holds, but I know I need you. God, I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins so that I can stand on your firm foundation, your firm trust. I can face anything else that may come my way. If you're here and you're a believer and you're facing a giant and you need prayer, support, community, Let me know, one of our deacons, elders, somebody here in this church know, we're here to pray with you. You're not alone. You're not alone. 
And most importantly, I want to remind you that God is right there with you. He is facing your giants for you, if you will trust him. And always remember, he wins. Dear Lord, we thank you so very much for today. Lord, thank you for this simple story of David and Goliath, and how a young little shepherd boy had the courage to stand up because of your power in his life to a giant that seemed insurmountable, a, a warrior, a champion. God, you were with David, and you were with the nation of Israel, and you had allowed David to overcome not just that one giant, but Lord, the nation of Israel to overcome the giant that stood in front of them, the Philistine nation. Father, we have giants in our lives, relationship issues, financial issues, health issues, emotional issues, all kinds of things that when we look at them, we're like, there's no way I could get over this. But Lord, you're here to tell us we can if we will stop and trust you. So Lord, let us put on your armor, gird ourselves with your strength, trust you as we go out into this world to face our giants. Amen. If you'll just take a moment.